0: the magic mike show where you hear
1: the experts speak the magic mike show tune into the show every week the magic mike show you can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDunes.com. what's up everybody i'm magic and i'm mike and this is the magic mike show episode 430 mr samich
0: 2023
1: huzzah Boy, it is uh, backed by popular demand. Mike, I don't know about you. I'm sure you had the same thing. Uh, I had a lot of our followers uh, Magic Mike Show Army reach out. Are you okay? Is everything all right? Are, are you and Mike doing well? We took a couple of weeks off for the holidays, and it was, well, for me, it was a glorious time to recharge. Uh, you just, you had a slightly different experience.
0: <laughs> it was, it was uh, well, I was sick most of the time. Um honestly, the lack of communication on our front of not saying the show was off for two weeks just made me feel the love even more because then people asked what's going on. So it was good. I got to say, too, it was nice to take a break and kind of step back. Obviously, Malibu Day, I was engaged doing the bombs. So I was covering one or two tracks uh, over the weekend. And it's successful, which has been nice, too. We'll get into that in a second. Uh, but horse racing is tough. It's year-round, and it's a grind if you want to take, on, take it on every single day. Look at past performances, be it be on paper or in front of your computer, every single day. And it's literally the only sport you don't really have an off-season, right? You have lulls, but never really an off-season. So it was nice to step back for a couple of weeks. Yes, I spent about a week in bed, but that was fine because I got to just recharge, watch some of the Tre- National Treasure series, caught up on the Jack Ryan series over on Amazon. So it's a, it, was, it was a nice little holiday.
1: You know, a week in bed is how I spent my honeymoon. There's no reason to, to discount having a good week time in bed. Uh, listen, it, it was a good time to uh, recharge. Like you mentioned, there are lulls. Usually it's like right after the Triple Crown season. Uh, that's usually when the Belmont ends, we all just go, oh. okay, we can sit back for a couple of weeks and then Stars and Stripes Festival's back and then off we go again. But yeah, no, it was great to see all the messages. We're happy to be back. And we're back at Gulfstream Park. When we last left, Things weren't going well on the Magic Mike show with our Gulfstream Park attempts. The last show we did, everything got rained off and was just a shit show anyways. You, my friend, you've gotten a little hot in the, in the last week or so here, including, by the way, uh, Shadi brings it up. If you missed it, Mike gave out a free Pick 5 ticket for $67.50 to cash for $2,300. Uh, a lot of people I saw cashed in on that with you, buddy. Yeah, it was
0: it was fun getting the messages from that. A couple people on track had it as well, so I got some DMs about cashing it on track, which is a wonderful experience. And it's been... It's been a good couple of weeks. We cashed 4,200 in tickets at Gulfstream Park last weekend. Kick it off with the $2,300 pick five on Wednesday. Swept the aqueduct card today for a little over a 1,000 in caches on the bombs as well. Nice. So uh, nice to be on a little bit of a heater after that recharge. Hopefully we can keep it going into the weekend. It's going to be a monster weekend. Uh, you've got First Racing, which is going to do these these uh, cross-country pick fives. $1 denomination, 15% takeout, so low takeout uh, at Santa Anita, and uh, Gulfstream Park, two the tracks I'll be covering a lot this weekend. So excited to have that there. We've got the mandatory payout on Saturday in the pick six at Santa Anita they just announced, $3 million sitting in that pool be waiting to be taken down. So pretty cool to see these, these big-time pools coming up right when we're starting to feel a little bit of that heater. So hopefully we just kind of keep it running here and have a couple good weeks uh, at Gulfstream Park, Santa Anita, and Aqueduct. No it's turf Overstate? Yeah,
1: no <laughs> turf work. I refuse. Yeah, Turfway does its own thing. Uh, (laughs) By the way, Turfway, uh, if you are watching live, if you're on the podcast, sorry, you're going to miss this, but uh, Nick Feldman's got a tip here. Race five, the number eight Ravens Nest, a 20 to 1 morning line. Uh, I don't know anything about it other than it's at Turfway, and Nick Feldman's usually pretty sharp. So uh, you've got that going on. Uh, We've got a big show. We've got Gulfstream Parks, Late Pick Five, a pair of turf mile stakes races for three year olds, newly turned three year olds. So, Mike, let's get into it, buddy. Yes, sir.
0: One more thing I want to mention. Just real quick about, about, we talk about takeout, and we talk about playing these carryover pools a lot. Parks, that hit for 2300 So the winner of the first race in the Pick 5 paid $4.60 to win. The Pick 4 in the last four races paid $378. The Pick 5 paid $2,300. $2, you got almost, essentially, you got you got close to 8 to 1. On a horse that paid 4.60 to win, if you played that pick five instead of playing the pick four because of Park's ridiculous 24% takeout on that pick four and the carryover amount and the low takeout on the pick five, it makes a huge difference playing low takeout and playing these carryover pools. So if you're choosing where to spend your money, choosing the right pool is as important as anything else.
1: And if you've been following us long enough on the Magic Mike show, we did initially do pick four sequences and a big reason we moved to pick fives. Was for that reason the takeout gets so much better in a lot of these tracks, especially on the late ones. So uh, that's good. Yeah, I I did not know about that. That is, that's pretty wow. darn ridiculous. Was that the winner of that first leg? Was that the one that you singled? I can't remember.
0: I singled uh, riding with Biden the six horse in the third leg. Uh, the eight horse uh, was was a first time starter. Second, first it was a maiden special weight. Eight horse went gate to wire it was three to one in the morning line, but paid went off at six to five, and then that six to five shot. In front of a $370 pick four, pay $2,300.
1: <laughs> Let's see if we can catch some more tickets today, Mike. At Gulfstream Park Saturday, late pick five. Here we go. Riders up. Mike here we go kicking off the late pick five at Gulfstream Park Saturday January 7th happy 2023 everybody race seven the Dania Beach Stakes seven three-year-old Colts going a mile on the turf a favorite number two major dude eight to five but where are you going on top
0: this is interesting we've never had one of these before the four horse congruent is a stable em up horse out of the pulpit stakes on December the stable em up video over on YouTube on the Racing Dudes channel December 14th if you want to go check that out and get the full breakdown uh, Congruent was first time on the turf that day. They tried to get him on turf three back. The race rains off, ends up winning that race, and then going to the Breeders' Cup Juvenile on the dirt, faces three very good horses in that spot. Then comes back to that turf, stakes the pulpit, and had a ton of trouble in the first turn. Ari Gold ends up winning that race, going gate to wire, a very good horse who has a bright future. And in the first turn, Congruent just gets boxed in. You'll see a big-time check, checks out of third, all the way back to sixth. And then around the second turn, we're going into it, Gets squeezed out between the two and the six horse, loses the inside path, has to check back the fifth, and then rally up the rail, ends up just missing second in that race. And oh, by the way, they went 24 and two in the opening quarter. So, not really easy to close into that type of pace at Gulfstream. This just seems like a horse that wants the turf is going to be better on the turf, had a ton of trouble last time out. And here we are sitting at a five to one price. I, I love the congruent, I love the four congruent on top here.
1: Yeah, I went too deep here. wasn't my top pick, but uh, definitely beat out the other horses that uh, I had considered. Um, you know, we talked about the tough trip. The, uh, the horse, so Ari Gold was a heavy favorite, one gate to wire. Second place was already a stakes winner routing on synthetic. Uh, you had horses behind him that were also stakes winners, two other horses. So it was a very good, especially for not being a championship meet stakes because it was only December 10th when the race was held. It was a very, very good field that he was facing there. And uh, the highest time form figure in the entire field, belongs to pul- uh, uh, belongs to congruent for that pulpit effort so uh that's higher than major dude who's won a graded stakes on turf and was in the breeders cup that's higher than my top choice the number seven worthington who is two for two at this two turn mile distance including last time out with louis sai as the board uh you hyped up the your stable up, which by the way it's, it's in the chat you can see the uh the link is there you can go uh look at uh but mike's full stable up video but uh I also really liked Worthington because of that effort in the Stars of Tomorrow 2 card at Churchill Downs. They only had a couple turf races. So you know that they've got a ton of horses that'll look in Kentucky looking for good turf purses. They all face Worthington and Worthington beat him pretty well. He's got the tactical speed to sit close and pounce at Goldstream Park's turf course. Tradition plays well to speed. I think there's cheap speed in here. You could see the five probably quit out uh, pretty soon. The three might go, or the one is likes to be on the lead, but is not very fast. So I don't know what they're going to do with that horse. I think the seven is going to be a great position to sit in and pounce. And, and Sia's riding for maker just tells me that this horse has got a ton of ability, steadily improving buyers, all three starts. I think it's all systems go.
0: Yeah. I, I have the seven as my second pick here. I agree with you. I like the outside post here. Um, generally I don't want an outside post in these, these seven and a half furlong races or mile races on the terrific Gulf stream, but with just seven horses, it's not bad, especially considering And you hit the nail on the head, the one, the three and the five, all kind of want to be forwardly placed. So you'd expect to see all three of them forwardly placed and kind of hitting the go button there. Um, I expect the seven to get a fairly good trip sitting right behind them. The question really is going to be where the two major dude is and how far back congruent is. But I don't think the seven is going to be any more than two wide on that first turn, tracking three horses who are going to be out there, setting a pretty good pace, all of which I agree with you, are cheaper speed. And, And at Gulfstream, if you have cheap speed but there's only one of them, they're very dangerous. When there's three of them, you'd expect there's going to be some type of hookup up there and set it up for much better horses that are coming from off the pace. I also love the progression from Worthington here. I mean, three starts 63 buyer, 70 buyer, 82 buyer, faced a good field, two or three back at Kentucky Downs. First time out going seven furlongs, came back, breaks the maiden at Keeneland. Comes back right to Churchill Downs and end to end, uh, two lifetime allowance and wins right there. So faced pretty quality fields, even for the levels that we were looking at. I mean, that's Kentucky Downs, Keeneland, Churchill, very good fields in those spots. So I, I was 4-7 as my top two picks, so I agree with you on the seven there. I'm going to include the six horse as well. So, Zach, who is first time here in North America for Grand Motion, gets Rosario up, a horse that showed some closing ability overseas, and to me – Kind of the wild card of the bunch here, right? We we talk about knowns and unknowns. This horse is definitely the unknown of the field. I'm interested to see what the price is going to be. 92 on the morning line, I think, is probably a little bit of a pipe dream. I think we're staring more at 3-1, to maybe 7-2, to somewhere in that range. But look at that last race. At Longchamp in France, $294,000 allowance. 16 horses. That's a pretty impressive race to come out (laughs) of, to come into the United States. A lot of times we see, like... Oh, they won a $10,000 maiden in Ireland, and now they're coming over, right? This is a big-time horse, Run seven times, three wins, two seconds, two-thirds, never missed the board. I I like this six here at a a sneaky bit of a price, so I'm going to end up three deep here. I'm going to go with a four, six, seven. Try to get around the two, major dude, who probably will be your favorite, and I don't think deserves to be your favorite in this spot.
1: Not like 98% of that horse's uh uh, Suzak, uh his purse earnings came from that one race. And it's funny, that race, so he ended up in Grand Motion's care hours after that race was done. He was in a sale at Arcana, and uh they paid uh $392,000 for this horse and then brought him over. And Grand Motion's actually quoted as saying the plan was to go to the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf with him, and the horse just got sick, but they thought the timing was going to be right. That he was informed for it. I didn't, this is literally the last horse off my ticket. I think it would have been like a $96 ticket instead of 72 for me. Uh, You know, you've got Kodiak as a sire, as a sprinter uh, overseas, but the damn sire is Nayef, who was a multiple group stakes champion going 10-12 furlong. So you've got speed on top, stamina on the bottom. I think this is a horse that when we get to like, like say Preakness weekend, this horse I think is definitely, probably going to be favored, but it's probably going to be a big stakes candidate uh, Preakness weekend at, at Pimlico. I'm just not so sure that I I, honestly Mike. what it was the time form ratings his his overseas ratings when you translate it into buyers puts him right there where the one is at. but you're getting Rosario it is grand motion he has had success bringing horses in first time North America and putting them straight into stakes races so watch the toad on this one I was with you I think that maybe he's going to get bet a little heavily and that kind of scared me off a little bit but you know, Rosario not only riding him, Rosario was working this horse at Palm Meadows recently, so he knows what this horse is capable of doing. Um, it, you know, definitely caught my attention when I saw that. Let's talk real quick before we move on. Neither of us are touching the favorite major dude here. My biggest reason, I think he's going to get hammered way beyond what he should be. You're gonna, you know, he won the Pilgrim, uh, so people will say, well, he's got a great two win, going two turns on turf. And then he was in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf, where, yes, he had a very wide trip both times. I looked at the Pilgrim field, Mike. Eight rivals from that race have run back. Only one of them has hit the board and it was a maiden who was in the Pilgrim. Then got third in a maiden special weight. So it was a very slowly run race. It was an oddly run race. I didn't like major dude, especially not at eight to five here. Yeah, it was 10 to one in that turf win too, uh, in the Pilgrim. So it was a price in
0: the Pilgrim jumps into the Breeders' Cup juvenile turf. And I think it's going to get bet off of essentially running in that race, not necessarily running well in that race, but just being in that race. And for me, when I look at this and I see, honestly, two horses in the U.S. that are better than him, he needs to improve to get to either congruent or Worthington, and an additional unknown horse in Salzak, who I, that last race, again, I realize, that, you know, the workouts have been great over synthetic. I get it. Motion over for 12, first time North America. I get it. I, I think he's probably the fourth best horse as, that we've seen on paper right now. And you're getting 8 to 5 on the morning line. I think the horse gets around that price as the off odds. I'd be shocked if we're, like, even money on this horse, but I, don't, I think you're probably going to see, you know, that seven to five, eight to five range. To me, that's just way too short in a, a pretty competitive field when you have to improve to be able to get the job done here. So, you know, I went back and forth on Major Dude. I, I decided this was one of those favorites where I'm, I'd rather take a stand against than kind of use defensively here because I, I do like the four. I do like the seven. Um, so I, I feel like you, the opinion, you got to back up there and just leave the favorite off.
1: Uh, Let's move on, Mike. Second leg of the late pick five at Gulfstream Park Saturday, January 7th, race eight. We're going on the synthetic for one race and one race only, and it's this one. We've caught 11 older males, four and up, uh, going a mile and 70 yards. They've either started for a claiming tag of 12.5 or less in the last year, or they're currently in for a $20,000 tag, which uh, Equibase doesn't show anybody does have that stipulation. I think a couple do. The favorites, the number seven, fly the W at five to two. Last time that we covered this horse, uh, I think it was two shows back, so early December, This horse won. He was in a race with a lot of these Poppy's Boy, Wicked, Finn, a lot of horses that are going to... Moms that return here. He's my top pick in this spot. Uh, You know, I'm not a Cubs fan, but I am a big fan of Fly the W here. Did you make Fly the W your top pick?
0: My second choice. um, That last race was just Phenomenal Uh, runs a 93 buyer career. Best Prior to that was an 81. So you saw a massive jump forward and that was second time in a barn. So that's kind of a logical spot where you could see that type of improvement, but but just a phenomenal number for that specific level. If you remember that race too, it was very oddly run. We talked a lot about the Thursday preview show, how much speed we expected. And then the race played out and no one went. It seemed like, so it was just one of those weird spots where fly the W kind of got the perfect trip. You knew he was going to win around the first turn um, because you didn't have three or four horses that really went. I'm going to use Fly the W here, but I'm going to kind of cautiously use Fly the W. Fly the W could go off at seven to five in this race and does not deserve to be a seven to five favorite. I actually put the four horse Sand Dancer at fifteen to one on top here, uh, so taking a little bit of a, of a shot. Sand is one of those horses where you got to look back at the synthetic races and look at the level that this horse has been running against. Uh, you know, we go back to December nineteenth of last of two thousand twenty one. This horse was a thirty five thousand dollar claimers was able to win. Runs in a seventy thousand dollar handicap next time out. It's an eighty three buyer ends up running fifth there. The next time we're on synthetics and sixty two thousand dollar open, uh, open claimers or op- optional claimers there, which is a tough level. Ends up running sixth in that spot. If we can run back to those synthetic races, where we get the eighty three buyers. Th- that's good enough to beat this field, it's not, assuming Fly the W doesn't fly off the handle again and get a ridiculous number. And you're getting fifteen to one on a horse that's going to be third off the layoff here. I kind of like this price here for a horse that should be rounding into form and now gets back onto the best service against the lowest level he's ever faced. Um, so, you know, I'll take a shot here with the four, 15 to one Sand
1: Dancer. You know, I was surprised if the price, the Morning Line's 15 to one because of what you just said. He is taking the big, he's never been in for 20K before. And he is in, uh, again, Equibase isn't showing it, but Sand Dancer is in for that optional $20,000 tag. He's never been in for that low of a price before. And he's, you know, freshly turned eight years old. So you don't expect too many people are gonna be diving in for him here. He's one I considered. I didn't end up using him just because I had to go all the way back to that December race to show or to to find a spot where I thought he really was actually, you know, passing horses and that's what he's gonna have to do here. Um, but Panichi's back aboard for the second time. You know, he was in for 35. We're dropping down to 20k. I don't think that's a you know, it's not a scary drop here. I think it fits and you see the one work that he's had since then, he, he did four furlongs and 46 flat. So he still apparently has some speed in there. He just hasn't had a chance to show it in his races yet.
0: Yeah, that was work was his only work over synthetic as well. All the other rest of the works are over the dirt course. And This race to me sets up pretty well for someone to come from off the pace. I, the one horse has cheap speed. It's going to go and quit the two horse cheap speed going to go and quit the three horse has speed, should go. I mean, this is another situation. The five horse wants to be out front, fly the W, generally forwardly placed. I mean, this is a race where you've got a lot of horses that want to get out there. It sets up for someone who's going to be able to come from off the pace and pass horses. And oh, by the way, the synthetic course plays to those horses that are coming off the pace and passing horses. So it's one of those spots where there's some warts on Sand Dancer. I don't disagree with that, Uh, but I'm getting 15 to one. I can rub uh, rub a lot of those warts off of a 15 to one price tag. (laughs)
1: <laughs> there's a lot of warts and a lot of these horses in this race here <laughs> and that's okay. You know what? They're still beautiful in their own right. Um, uh, second up for me is the number three, wicked Finn at eight to one. If you scratch off that last race, when he broke slowly and was way behind, he's never ever been six, seven lengths behind early. Like he was in that spot. Uh, if you forget about that, you know, he has been forwardly placed and, and speed doesn't always two turns on synthetic, especially when there's other speed in here doesn't always play out that way. But if you go back to June 9th of last year, at the 12, 12 5k claiming level, uh, he was sitting fifth, going to over this exact course and distance, ends up drawing off to win by five and a half lengths, a lower class level. Joel Rosario is hopping aboard for Blake Kelly, who bless him had one win from 44 starts last year. He had 17 horses hit the board, but he only had one win from 44 starts. Why the hell is Joel Rosario riding for this guy for the first time? Never has before, at least not in the last two years. I think Rosario is. Rosario is not going to send. We can probably assume that. So if he pulls the horse back, maybe he's got the ability to get the horse to accelerate like he was able to do back of June 9th of last year. A couple of big ifs there, but again, talking about Blake Kelly, he only had the one win in all of 2022. When he claimed this horse out of its last victory over the Gulfstream Park Synthetic, the horse came back and was third by a length, second by a half length. So the horse continues to run well for Blake Kelly. Just maybe he needs a little bit of racing luck. What's luckier than Joel Rosario, right?
0: Well, a lot of things are luckier, Joel Rosario. A horse did win twice, or or win with uh, Miguel Vasquez up, who I I think is probably the second-best jockey that's ridden this horse. So I do like that. I do like the fact that you pointed back to that race where he came from off the pace because, uh, I mean, Charles here, dead on. You know, speed on the lead and tapita is an instant fade when you're going two turns right now. Uh, So if if Rosario does try to shove this three, I think it's a lot of trouble. I didn't dislike the three. I just didn't get deep enough to get to the three on my ticket. Um, I did use the six-horse, Poppy's Boys. Who beat the three horse uh, two back in that race that you referenced, where the three was able to be more forwardly placed and then kind of got swept by the six horse Poppy's boy to get to the front? Uh, This is a horse who needs pace to be able to run into. And I think we're going to get that today. It's one of the main reasons I like this horse. We've won over the Gulfstream Park Synthetic, won at this distance. Um, it's a horse at six for 29 lifetime, so it does like to get the job done here. Third off the layoff, hopefully we're running into form. I like that last work, 35 flats over at uh, Palm Meadows. And I like Gonzalez here as a rider as well. One for one with this horse. It was over turf, but at least was able to get the job done. And I'm getting, again, a 15 to one price. Uh, so, what I did here is I, I played Fly the W, who I do think is your deserving favorite. And if can replicate that last race, it's going to be real tough to beat. But I'm going to play two 15 to one shots with Fly the W because I think they're, the race sets up well for both of them. And I can at least point back to races where they've won and be able to say, hey, you run that back, you win this race as well at a pretty big number.
1: And he was, it's interesting. If anybody has a good enough memory, both Mike and I correctly faded Poppy's Boys in that uh, race last time out. And a big difference between that race and this one is there's more speed in this one. There really wasn't much speed in that race to fly the W one so handily. Um, but he did have more pace two back and he's going to get a similar setup here. Uh, interesting that, uh, Kentucky Derby winning jockey, Sonny Leon has uh, been kicked off of this horse for Edwin Gonzalez. I think he's still running this weekend. Maybe Sonny got himself in some trouble and he, he, he got suspended. I'm not too sure, but, um, sunny, not, that's some sunny days for Sonny Leon down in Florida, but, uh, We'll see what happens with this horse. Last up for me, I did use the 10 as well. Cadet Core, a uh, horse that uh, uh, was also in the sequence that we covered. Uh, man, a lot of these horses coming right back here. Uh, on right the up. turf, in for that 16K tag. Uh, Liz Dobles first off the claim, very strong, got this horse uh, to win. It's That was the first time it ever won on turf. Uh, it was down at the correct level. Now we're, I think we're still at the correct level here. We, you see the horse's uh, performances on synthetic at this level, the optional claiming starter allowance levels. Got the win two back uh, over this course, in for the 12.5K tag, really just whipped on those horses there. But what I love the most, Mike, is that it's a horse that I think traditionally might be best on synthetic. You look, That's where the horse has mostly been running uh, for the five career wins are from there. But you also had a career best buyer last time out on turf. And now we're switching back over here. Tyler Gaffillon is going to keep riding this horse. I think that's a strong move as well. Um, I understand if you don't want to play this because a lot of the synthetic form, you you need to build off of that turf effort and now back on synthetic to have the buyer that will win this race against this field. I'm going to take the shot because I love that I'm getting eight to one on this horse.
0: I mean, one of the younger horses in the field as well, just turned four year old. Um, and so you, you can make an argument that we still have some room to improve here with this horse and that, that you can see that switch to the barn and then take a step forward, possibly another one here, second time in the barn. To me, it's the post that's part of the issue. Uh, the, the trip is going to be tough. You're probably hung three wide on both turns here. Um, you're going to get some pace to chase into, but you're also stepping up. One positive, I will say, horse is protected for the first time. They've, they've claimed this horse for 12-5, moved to 16. Obviously, when you're a 16 game claimer, anyone can go buy that horse. Now we're up here in 20 level. We're protecting the horse. So it says, tells you that Dobley likes this one. You mentioned Gathleon on riding back. This is actually my fourth choice in the race. So if I did go one more deeper, it would have been the 10. I had the eight as a consideration as well. Burning Man is coming in uh, from Woodbine for Kevin Attard, who I thought had a couple races that fit. I'm not sure if we're going to go long enough here. I think that was the main concern for me, for the eight horse, whose most successful races seem to have been longer than this distance today. But I thought that that one, though both of those horses were playable as well, if you want to go deeper here.
1: Uh, of the Woodbine horses in here, which would be the 8, the 9, uh, and the 1, I thought that the 8 was probably the most playable, but Kevin Adard, a very strong at Woodbine, did 20% uh, last, winners last year for his stable. Uh, he barely hits 10% when he comes down to Gulfstream Park with him. It's just a, it's a tougher spot here than it is up at Woodbine. Um, you mentioned, too, he might, might not be long enough. If there's a big pace collapse, at least you know this horse wanted a mile and an eighth uh, by almost six lengths last time out. You know, he's going to keep coming. So, um, you know, I think maybe for this horse, I'd want a little bit better price. And you're not going to get that just because uh, if you look at his his synthetic, his his synthetic effort three back. So the third time back, he had it. He had a 92 buyer wins by over six lengths at the 25K level. But that was going to on the court. So um, I feel you on, you know, might just be a little bit too short. Uh for this spot. Let's move on, Mike. We got a third leg now of the late pick five at Gulfstream Park Saturday, January 7th, race nine. We're going to the ginger brew stakes back on the turf, a field of nine three-year-old fillies doing the mile route here. The favorite is the number three Cairo consort at seven to five. I almost singled this horse. You actually did.
0: Yeah, we singled up Cairo Consort here. You can hear my voice. I don't love singling <laughs> this type of favorite. Um, but there was a this was kind of twofold for me. First off, the other horses I was considering to use were the six and the nine. I really wasn't excited about using either of these horses. Um, and secondly, no shade here in Nathan Squires, but this is a nice little barn change from, from Squires over to Pletcher. Uh, and so you'd expect that the horse is going to improve. I thought it ran really well in the Breeders' Cup, Juvenile Turf, Philly. She showed a lot of spunk there. Just missed in the Natalma up at Woodbine. This should be a positive barn switch. The horse has tactical speed to stay close from this post position. There's some other speed in here. Um, but should be able to sit sit close, um, specifically right behind the four horses, who should, should go out to the front and get first run. You get Ortiz to pick up the mount for Pletcher. Uh, this horse, you know, this is a Cairo daughter Cairo Prince, who stands for fifteen thousand. This horse this horse sold for eight hundred and seventy five thousand dollars, and then went to the Nathan Squires barn. <laughs> okay, like <laughs> it's just wild to me. Sorry, go ahead.
1: Well, actually, that was after the Breeders' Cup. They actually paid $875,000 oh, right. for her okay. after the Breeders' Cup. So anyway,
0: Rapoli spent $875,000 to send her to the Todd Fletcher barn. I'll still make the same case, just in a different manner. Uh, yeah. So to me, this is a horse that, that you would expect is going to take huge steps forward this year, switching barns, and a big-time step up here. So I'm going to single the three Cairo Consort. Um, I will be pissed if the nine wins specifically. I know you can make a case for the six or the nine, but uh, I, we're going to try and keep this ticket pretty cheap. It's $54. And because of that, you got a single somewhere. This was the, the horse that I felt had the best chance to win in the card.
1: I, and the, a great point, too, that, uh, you know, there's no horse like the med, Meditate or Pleasant Passage in this race. The horses that, by the way, came from extremely off the pace and swept right by her. She was second or third the whole time around. And just, you know, she was chasing Spirit Gal, who I've fated to be next to last in that race at the Breeders' Cup, and she just kept on going. It's not like with Major Dude where he was close up front and then the real running started and he just went. So, you know, two very different horses, I believe, here. Uh, Pletcher's had a lot of glowing things to say about Cairo Consort. Um, Interesting that there's uh, no turf works for her since Pletcher took over her training, but it's Pletcher. I'm not going to doubt him here. Uh, He's very excited about this, seems very excited about this horse. I did go too deep. I did use the Chad Brown, the new shooter, six, Anna Karenin. Uh, the horse that, uh, has two wins from overseas in France comes over now for, for Madacut stables who loves to buy these fillies from, from Europe and then bring them over here, give them to Chad Brown, Chad Brown, by the way, as of when we're recording right now, seven starters, hasn't missed the board with two wins so far at this championship meet, uh, stakes placed in France by one and a quarter lengths over Suzak, two back, uh, Suzak, the horse that's in the Dania beach, um, that you use that I ended up not using, but. Uh, I do like that. Interesting enough, the only time she ever faced Phillies, she was fifth, being four lengths. So that was last time out. Uh, but it was a group two in France. Uh, so, you know, hopefully that the time off, uh, I know Chad Brown has had her for several months, it sounds like. So she's got it. You know, he's understanding of who this Philly is. A little interesting. I thought that Tyler Gaffley Leone is riding. But you know, Chad Brown has used T-Gaff, you know, at, at Keeneland, occasionally up in New York. You look at where other, I mean IRAD is on the three so you you know you know that Chaz is not gonna use IRAD. Luis Saez is on the nine who we both like but I don't think Saez wants to leave uh, because of the win last time out. you know and who's left? Uh, Rosario's riding the Navy goat and uh, Jose Ortiz is stuck riding the five. So you know, I, I, a little interesting the TF is on there. I don't love that I'm gonna use the chalk chalk seven to five and three to one here but I think outside of these two horses, Maybe the nine, but I think the nine is just, I think she needs one more race. She's going maiden special weight straight up to face these Phillies. It's a big step for her. It
0: is. It is. We talk a lot about Sherry DeVoe. She's able to get the job done for these type of horses, though. One of those barns that can improve a horse vastly. It's one of the reasons I looked at that nine so closely. Um, On the the six horse, Anna Karina, one of the issues I had is that this is a horse that wants to be on the lead. was on the lead in Europe, and now we're coming here to the U.S., our lead is a lot faster than the Europe league, right? We, we go quicker in those early furlongs. The four horse specifically is going to burn and quit. If the six tries to go with the four, it's going to be brutal. And you mentioned Brown, seven starts, two wins, four seconds, one third. I know at least one horse he had on today's card that, that hit the board but missed. I guarantee you as a negative ROI because, man, every single one of his horses is going off right now at sub two to one at, their, at the Gulfstream Park, and there are some that are absolutely running clunkers. Um, so – I I would not be uh, he's getting overbet drastically right now at Gulfstream Park.
1: I'm gonna figure it out right now what his ROI is. If I had to figure it's been eleven days that the championship meet's been going on. Um uh dollar twenty nine ROI. So yeah.
0: negative negative sixty one cents.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, it's not Chad's fault that he gets bet so heavily. No, it is his fault they don't win. Um, The seven horse was the one horse who I do think is interesting here, sitting on the board at 8-1. to Uh, Navy Goat uh, breaks the maiden over Kentucky Downs, faced a pretty good field that day, comes back, wins a stakes race, a state-bred stakes race over the, the tapita here, gets a really bad number for it. But before we, like, bash the horse for the bad number, 63 buyer. They went 26 and 2, 53 to the first half. It would have been impossible to put up a big buyer number. We actually saw this with our buddy Geisthorse Oakhurst, who got a terrible number breaking the maiden on synthetic because of how slow the early pace was. And she swept up and won from behind. I think there's a little more talent in the seven Navy go than that's necessarily showing. If I was going to take a swing here, the seven Navy go to eight to one would be the horse I'd include.
1: Yeah, it's interesting Rosario picking them out back up here. And, and you talk about those splits. Uh, Navy Goat specifically in that race. Opening quarter, 26.7 seconds. Opening half from the quarter to the half, 26.7 seconds. Half to the three quarters, 24 flat. <laughs> so she just sat there, sat there, sat there. Okay, go. So I ended up flying. Um, one that I'm, I'm probably the most nervous about there. But uh, yeah, I think Cairo Consort, she should win this. She should tower over them. And I just used the the unknown the new shooter just like you did uh in the dania beach two back let's move on mike the penultimate lag of the late pick five at goldstream park on saturday january 7th race 10 we're on the dirt only time here a one turn mile It drew seven males four and up that's the n2x allowance level two in here for my buddy Safi joseph jr the favorite if he runs because he's he's been nominated for a stakes a, a sprint stakes uh, in a week or two but if the number six Papa Cap runs, he's your two-to-one favorite. A reminder that he started his career winning his first two starts and hasn't sniffed the winner's circle since then. Did you use him?
0: I did. Um, I'm going to try and beat him, but I'm going to use him here. Uh, two-to-one also a pipe dream, by the way. This horse is going off at even money, maybe less. If, uh, if, if we end up running here, it's actually one of the reasons why I'm trying to get around Papa Cap. I think it's interesting that Picking Up Penny shows up here. You've got two horses the inside and the outside that absolutely want to gun it, and are going to make it hard for Papa Cap to go gate to wire which is the exact situation I'd be most scared of him in here against this type of field. Is if he was able to get to the lead, you've got a classier horse who's just out front, gonna run away from him. But because we have two speed horses in here, I think that really kind of turns this race on its head a little bit, it allows you to kind of take a couple shots. We're also going a mile versus six or seven furlongs, which is where I think Papa Cap is also probably a little more difficult to beat. Um, so I, I think that everything kind of sets up for willing for, for you to be able to take shots against the six here. I did put the six on top, but I'm going to sprinkle some prices around. I like the two horse a little bit. The other Safi here, 12-volt man, second off the layoff. I, I think this mile distance is, is kind of right where we want to be going. You saw a win at a mile and 16th over this course. Has won at a mile back at uh, back in October 14, 2021 as well. Second off the layoff for the son of Violence. Violence who should get the absolute pace set up here to be able to fly home. You've got three horses that want to be on the lead. This one wants to be off it. I feel like the reason picking up pennies and 12-volt man are in together is so you got one in the front, one in the back, and you're hoping either you get the pace, the wire-to-wire win, or the pace meltdown. So I do like the two a little bit here as well, sitting on the board
1: at 9-2. to Uh, That's my top pick here. All five wins have been at Gulfstream Park. Two for three over this distance. And the one time he lost, it was in the slot. So I'm going to scratch that out. Uh, Won the claiming crown stakes here, going nine furlongs last December. Huge jockey upgrade to Tyler caff who, by the way, as a reminder, is still Mark Cassie's favorite jockey to ride. He's not touching the six Papa Cap. He's here for Safi. I used him. I used the seven picking up pennies. It's possible that he's a rabbit for the stable mate, but he's two for two over this course and distance. And unlike Papa cap directly to his inside, they're both going to go. I would assume the seven showed fight. The seven knows that he can get, like if he gets in a fight, he's shown that he'll get it going um, and be able to keep trying to finish through to the end. Whereas with Papa cap, there's a slight worry that I have with this horse that he faced so many good horses. I mean, look, he faced epicenter, white, a Jack Christopher twice. He was facing all of these great horses. Gunnite. Maybe his will just got broken a little bit. I mean, the fact that he was never involved in the Amsterdam, a little scary there. Also coming out of that infamous 2021 Breeders' Cup Juvenile Race that had Corniche win and Giant Game was third. And where the hell are those two horses right now? You know, that bad things have had The four horses that he was beating to start his career. I mean, the best pal stakes was it's never great. So... I couldn't use him. I think he's a great candidate to hit the board. I just couldn't, especially at two to one, I couldn't put him on my ticket.
0: We also talk about these horses returning and the best chance to beat horses like this is their first start of the season. Papa Cap was scratched out of a race, I believe it was a week ago or two weeks ago. This feels to me like, hey, we need to get one in him before we run him in a stakes race on Pegasus Day. That I mean, that is exactly how this feels. But we don't want to be first off the layoff in those big type of stakes. So even if he's not fully cranked, let's get a race in him, let's go, and let's target the actual race that we want to be running in. because it's not. And in a 5 optional allowance. So um, <laughs> there's a lot of arguments you can make where this is a pop the caps of fate. However, the most talented horse in this field is pop cap. I mean, I don't think we can make an argument against that. It's just whether or not you're going to get the best effort And today's setup is the best for him. I ended up going four deep here. Um, I used the four horse as well. Tar, uh, tartufu um, it kind of scratched out the last race. It was on the slop. It was a nice effort off a long layoff. Uh, it's a five-year-old at that point. Now a six-year-old who I think needed that race now we're cutting back to one mile. Hey, guess what? We've won at one mile here over this course. Have some tactical speed. Pick up Irad Ortiz. Um, get, like I said, get second off that layoff. I think it's kind of going to be a situation where another race, this horse is going to get a very nice setup between the, behind the one and the seven. We're going to gunning out, and that six is going to be involved. And, hey, this one lost to Strava last time out. There's no shame in losing to Magic Mike horses, right? I mean, if, you, if you're a Magic Mike horse, you're elite. So losing to Strava, not so bad. Are you just checking your reflection in that belt, or are you doing something else?
1: <laughs> no, I was trying to remember which side of the belt Strava's on. <laughs> I think he's the one who got left off. Um, <laughs>
0: anyway, uh, race before that, Scalding a dynamic one. They're pretty good horses, too. So <clears throat> I think to, Tarfuto is able to set up or sit a nice trip here. And I'm going to take a shot with a price here. The three-horse Secret Alliance, 12 to 1, you know, services do well at Gulfstream, from what I hear, right? You know, they've, they've had a winning record there. Uh, John's service here, second off the layoff, 36% with a $3.16 ROI. When you get Sai as a board, he's written for him seven times. He's won three of those seven times, $3.16 ROI. This horse showed some talent in the three-year-old season, specifically early in it, and then took a six-month break. And came back and faced endorsed and tried to chase him down early. First race off the layoff, I expect a lot better effort. Second off the layoff here, I think uh, Secret Alliance sitting at twelve to ones a, a sneaky price that could get the job done.
1: I you know I, I considered the three um, didn't make my ticket, but I considered the three for the same reason. I used the four, and they they both seem very well suited for these longer one turn distances where you're going seven furlongs up to a mile uh you look at tartufo he was second to cody's wish the first time he tried going a mile distance one turn on the dirt uh then he returned to churchill went seven furlongs misses by a neck so again that longer one turn distance and then you mentioned it he gets the win when he comes to gulfstream park and then you know, churchill possibly the slop, he just didn't like it but still he was third again to uh the great wonderful strava there by the way we've talked about three of, in this race we've talked about three of the uh Magic Mike show team fantasy of horses from last year. But uh, yeah, for, I almost went to seven. I think the four is well suited and I read getting a board for a barn that he never rides for. Uh, that was a good one as well, but plenty of ways to go. I'm just hoping I can, if we can beat Papa cap here, this is going to pay pretty nicely.
0: Yeah. Just a, one more. Yeah, we're off to a great start in the, the three-year-old season here in the magic Mike show exactly where we were last year. Oh, for one on claims, <laughs> just ready to push forward with the squad we got.
1: Listen, you make a, you win a claim, you lose the fantasy league. That's how that one works. Uh, fifth and final leg of the late pick five at Goldstream Park. On Saturday, January 7th, race 11th, back on the turf. I hate that it's seven and a half for a long and so not a mile. It's so dumb to me. I don't understand. But we got 12 maiden three-year-old boys plus two also eligibles in here. The favorite is the number nine hardy choice at three to one, but plenty of ways to go. Where'd you go on top?
0: I hate that DRF considers this a turf sprint. That's what bothers me more than anything else about this seven and a half furlong distance. Can we can we just say two-turn turf races are routes? Can we just go with that instead of like the logical common sense thing instead of saying, whoa, it's seven, it's under a mile. That's a turf sprint. It's like, come on, guys. Like you have, have some common sense here because I don't want to see the the first time routing first out mile. No, I want the turf, I want the two-turn turf numbers. That's what I care about. <laughs> Killing me, DRF. Preach, uh, preach, Mike. <laughs> I cannot believe you didn't use the three-horse Mutawid here. I, I, this was my top pick in the race, 6-1 to on the morning line. This horse debuted at Churchill Downs. This is a, a, a son of Quality Road out of the Hare Mare, Shadwell Stables. It's a Todd Pletcher horse. Always wanted the turf. Faced a really good field in the first out. Corona Bolt and Communication Memo both come back to win. Pletcher clicking off at 27% with a $2.60 ROI, second maiden start. Very few, like, Bletcher level trainers are clicking off at any $2.60 ROI in a single stat because of how much they get bet. He gets prices home second time maiden start. This horse was bred for turf, wanted to be on turf the whole time. That first race was just a prep race. Here we are on the turf. And by the way, I love this draw for the horse. The three posts, you got to be on the inside right now at Gulfstream over that turf course. You can't be sitting three wide and trying to be three wide, three wide on both turns and win. Saez is one of those guys that injects speed naturally into a horse. And if you look back, the workouts aren't bad. This horse shouldn't have been 10 of 10, 12 lengths back a 45 and three half miles. So I expect the three to show more speed this time, size to have the horse more forwardly placed. For a horse that was supposed to be on turf the whole time anyway, we're going to improve second out. Give me uh, Matawid, no
1: Mutawid, at six to one here, second time out. Two reasons I didn't like the horse, and one I'll touch – you kind of touched on. Yeah, Pletcher's great with second-star maidens, but when they go dirt to turf, he's 11% with a $1. sixty ROI. Uh, I don't believe bad. this horse was meant for the turf because if he was, you wouldn't have him at Churchill. I didn't honestly understand why he was at Churchill in the first place, and then he was – he got Ricardo Santana Jr. to ride him. I, the horse – he could be good on the turf. I, I think he's definitely better than what he showed because he was slow out of the gate and just never ran. But you you would expect to hopefully hope that Sayas can inject some more speed into him out of the gate there. But uh, I don't think that this horse is really he might be a two turn horse. I don't know that he's a turf horse. Um, Damn wasn't never was on turf and Quality Road wasn't a turf horse either. Um, you know, he did. You did mention it. Corona Bolt. That's a Kentucky Derby Trail horse. Uh, won that race. Communication Memo just uh, won at Oakland Park last month. He's going to go to a Derby Trail race for Steve Asmussen there. So two good horses to finish. To, to have been in the top two there, um, I just I couldn't get myself to use them. I did make the six Mooncat my top pick here uh, for Chris Davis and Irad Ortiz Jr. Irad never rides for this barn. Why is he showing up here? It's an interesting move. But tried debuting at two turns on the turf, got rained off onto the synthetic instead. But had a series of very nice turf works. Uh, that race was just on December 24th, so I like that we're bringing the horse back quickly. And we're like we really want to get this horse onto the turf. So that uh, I think says a lot. The, the damn Fantacola, who's a daughter of silent name a, a very strong sire. Uh, she won a grade two on turf. The lone sibling to win did so on turf uh, twice. So I like that. I also like that. Irad is not riding for Pletcher in this spot. Pletcher's got that six or I'm sorry. He's got the three in here at six to one. He's going to ride with the Mooncat instead. So, you know, who am I to doubt the great uh, I Ortiz Ortiz junior who just set the record for most stakes wins in a season. Second pick
0: in this race uh, that workout two backs eye popping fifty seven uh, for five furlongs. There's there is speed here and we didn't see it the first time out. So it'll be interesting to see what they decide to do because there is other speed in this race. Uh, you know, Doctor Tang chiming in here with the four and the twelve, both speed horses. Uh, A four, I had on my ticket originally. I ended up taking off just. I think it's really cheap speed on the four. The 12 is one of those that has to fire. That's going to be a tough gate to go gate to wire in, especially with Paco being a dick on the four and sending him (laughs) out as well. Uh, So the 12 is actually my next in, ended up missing the ticket. Uh, But I I was interested in both of those. They both missed the ticket though for me.
1: Um, I did use the 12 was actually the the fourth. I went four deep and it's the last of the four for me, but since we brought him up, I'll talk about him. Uh, Just like with the uh, Mooncat tried debuting on turf. It got rained off on the synthetic, Sire Lope de Vega produces 21% first-time turf horses. Uh, Brendan Walsh was having a pretty... He hasn't continued that success at the championship meet yet, but Brendan Walsh was having a very strong end to 2022 overall. Um, He just needs a little bit of racing luck. Jose Ortiz is going to hop aboard this horse. I am worried about the post, but... I've lost count of how many times I've discounted a horse on this show at Gulfstream Park going two turns on the turf because of the post and the horse ends up winning. Not saying that's this horse because I think those were a lot shorter prices when I did that. But I am going to use Jamestown here. Uh, But like I said, it was the fourth of four that I used here. So I'm not super gung-ho about him. I just think that Jose Ortiz, I think there's a lot more potential to this horse than what we saw from that debut.
0: Yep. I mean, I, I agree with you. It's a lot of why I considered using the horse. I, I do think you're going to see more speed as well coming out of that that five for long race out and stretching out into two turns. Last horse I use is the nine horse Hardy Choice, I think is your logical favorite here. Um, kind of the, the tail of two trips. If you look at the two races we've run so far on the turf here, one goes out to the lead out of the one post and gets the nine posts and is kind of shuffled back and then tries to make a run. Faced uh, our boy Worthington, who we talked about quite a bit on this show already. Two back was, uh, you know, just got straight up beat once he got headed. Kind of quit and gave it up. Be interested to see what type of trick trip that uh, Leperu tries to work out here. But we're adding Lasix for the first time. Uh, Lynch, pretty good trainer. The best numbers of anyone in this field. If you don't think the nine's is going to win, you're projecting someone else improves. which Could definitely happen. Um, but it, the nine is one of those really logical choices here in this spot. So I ended up going three, six, nine. I considered using the 4, the 11, and the 12, but just ended up with the 3.69 here.
1: 9 was my second choice, and actually, I watched the replay of that uh, that Gulfstream Park race last uh, First of all, slow out of the gate, a little awkward in the gate, and Le Peru didn't push him, which is interesting because uh, his, his work two back before that race, he went 59-4 and four, uh, for five furlongs at Paul Meadows on their turf course. So the horse has shown speed. He probably would have been more forwardly placed like that Keeneland race, but Le Peru didn't push him. And he honestly should have, if you watch the replay, he really should have not be in this. He should not be a maiden. He just, around the eighth pole, and I kept, I watched every view possible. I couldn't figure out. Something spooked the horse, because he all of a sudden just literally took a right turn. Le Peru corrected him, and then he kept going again, and he almost caught OK Boomer. Uh, it didn't work out for him, but I really thought that if he had just maintained a straight course, he would have won that probably by over a length. So, you know, you're getting th- it's 3-1. to one. He's the favorite for a reason, but he really should have won that. And if he gets get us somewhere in the middle of those two trips don't be five lengths back in seventh or eighth and don't be trying to set the pace with stupid Paco on the four get get like a mid-pack trip and that should be enough for this horse but he did show a nice dimension in that last race Mike he was able to pass horses and very willing to do it when Lepreau tipped him out off the turn he said yes I can go he hit he bumped with rivals a little bit and brushed it off like it was nothing so if he doesn't get spooked this horse isn't a maiden um last up for me i'm gonna use the number 11 composer's dream for mike maker debuting here another horse not a great post position draw i'm using the 11 9 11 and 12 we'll see how this works bold move cotton uh but maker's getting gaffly owned to ride this horse to me just screams he's bred to go two turns on turf is out of mendelssohn uh, or by mendelssohn out of a bernardini mare um the lone sibling that did make it to the races did win on grass maker 11 percent overall when he debuts horses at two turns and i had to Fudge the DRF stats a little bit to make sure I had to get in there and work it around. Cause like you said, they consider this to be a sprint for some reason, but when he debuts horses at two turns in a route, 11%, when Tyler Gaflione rides those horses, suddenly they're 16% winner. So there is a 5% increase when Gaflione gets aboard. I think that that's a big sign. This horse is, if he doesn't win, maybe it's the post. I think this horse has got a load of talent.
0: Yeah. And you look at Mendelson's numbers as well as a sire. Um, turf routes, seven for 43, if you want to consider this turf sprint, five for 31, both 16%, the best numbers he has across anything. So, and remember Mendelson, we remember him on the, on the turf winning here, the Breeders' Cup Juvenile and then coming, or Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf, then comes back in the Derby, was a very good dirt horse as well. But this is a horse that's bred through and through for turf. I, I think the 11 could have a pretty nice future. This was, again, one of those horses I considered, but, just didn't end up making the ticket. If I did add anyone here, I'm at 54 bucks. If you wanted to go to 72 on my ticket, I would add the 11.
1: Uh, you went three, six, nine in this last verse. And this was all I could think about when you said that. It was what Rob says three, six, nine. Damn. She fine. Hello. Anyways, that, that's how we know. It's how, you know, how old Mike and I are that we, and Rob, sorry, Robin throwing you in there with it too. But uh, yeah, definitely like the six and the nine in this spot with you as well. That's gonna do it for this episode of the Magic Mike Show. Thanks for joining us to go through Gulfstream Parks a Late Pick Five on Saturday, January 7th. Great to be back here with all of you joining us in the chat. Really love it and appreciate that you're here joining us once again. We got a big year plan. Before we get any further, Mike, let's give out our tickets one last time. I'm gonna go four seven with three seven ten with three six with two four seven with six nine twelve seventy two $72 for me. Go ahead and give out yours. A 50 cent ticket here 467
0: with 467 with three with two three four six with three six nine cost you 54 bucks for 50 cents
1: i've got i've just got get low stuck in my head now, now <laughs> that i brought that up over there uh <laughs> hey coming up here in nine minutes if you're watching us live The uh, Blinkers Off guys will be live at uh, 3 Pacific, 6 Eastern. Uh, They're going to be covering the – got a couple derby preps this weekend. The Jerome Stakes at Aqueduct on Saturday. And then uh, Shotty in the chat saying that they just released the PPs for uh, Sunday's Sham Stakes uh, over at Santa Anita Park, or at least the overnights out. Let me pull that up real quick because I am very curious to see how many different Bob Bafferts really got put into that race. I know he nominated, I think, uh, 18 of them. So – uh let's see the sham stakes race eight we have a field of six four of them are from bob baffert three of them are owned by the avengers you've got uh national treasure with johnny velasquez uh reincarnate with juan hernandez newgate gets frankie Torre, and then flavian pratt's gonna ride speedboat beach they're gonna get put him back on the dirt one more time uh you also have pax a wallop and spun intended i do believe uh, aside from speedboat beach those other five horses were all in the Racing Dudes Triple Crown Fantasy League. And thank God none of them are on our roster because there's going to be one happy person and four pissed off people after that race.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm uh, I'm happy we don't own anyone in that race. We'll just put it that way. We'll just leave it at that. Although I would not mind owning National Treasure, who probably wins that race by a poll uh, based on what you just said there. Do you want to talk to Jerome real quick since we do have one in there?
1: We do. I just put up the uh, while we do that, I'll put the Sham Stakes field up here for uh, everybody to see. Yeah, the uh, we've got Arctic Arrogance, so I expect to be a pretty short price in the Jerome Stakes at Aqueduct on Saturday. Uh, You know, the Jerome not known for seeing uh, you know Derby horses, uh, these Derby winners, but a big reason Mike and I liked Arctic Arrogance was we knew this was a race that Linda Rice would be pointing to, and the horse has done very well at Aqueduct has never finished worse than second in his career. Um, From that field, Mike, it's hard to see. I really thought that Neural Network might be the biggest threat. It's a Chad Brown, New York bred, uh, broke his maiden on debut, going seven furlongs, should be able to handle stretching out to that one-turn mile. Uh, If you watch the Racing Dudes YouTube channel, the uh, preview, the free preview that Aaron did, he went with the four Lugan Knight as his top pick here uh, for Michael McCarthy, who is normally a California trainer. But this horse has never been in California training, only in Kentucky, and now comes here. You know, he lost to victory formation last time out and not a bad effort. And we've seen victory formation uh, just won the Smarty Jones stakes last week. So, you know, I, I guess my question for you is who is your biggest threat here for Arctic Arrogance?
0: Oh, it's got to be the one. I mean, I don't know how it's not how it's not uh, neutral network here. It, it, this race has meltdown written all over. It's going to be interesting to see if our Arrogance can sit off the pace. Uh, Frenze de Amiamo, or whatever the heck the name, uh, Andiamo a Frenze is going exactly. go to want to go to the front. Lugan Knight want to go to the front. Uh, circling the drain, the two horse is going to want to go to the front. So you have a lot of horses that are wanting to be forwardly placed here, going this mile distance. The one horse proven to be able to come from off the pace, should be able to save some ground. Arctic Arrogance hopefully can sit off the pace as well and stock where it saw last time out was in second for a little bit, didn't necessarily need to push the lead or have the lead. Going to need to sit third or fourth here and then be able to stalk and pounce if we're going to be a real Derby contender long term. But should be able to finish first or second here in this spot, hopefully.
1: Andiamo off Firenze is a half brother to Firenze Fire. And then they've got, I think, one or two more. The dam just died, which is unfortunate, but they've had, she's produced several strong horses. Andiamo Frenzy is not a bad one. Um, you know, neural network. If you're fa- following the racing news, Triple Crown fantasy league, uh, John White did claim that horse. Uh, he was looking for some some points for the Jerome. So uh, I'm with you. I think you know. I think a six one is how we're going to see this come across, and it's not going to be very sexy. But um, you know, that's what it is. Uh, I saw Nick in the question in the chat had a question. What are the rules on coupled entries in California? Because of what I mentioned with the uh, and I realized it wasn't actually on the screen, but the Bob Baffert brigade in the Sham Stakes here. <laughs> You see, three of the four are all owned by the same people. There, California got rid of their coupled entries uh, a long time ago, and it's not officially because of Bob Baffert, but it's because they just don't have the field sizes. Really, it's not like Gulfstream or or Saratoga in the summertime, like it's you know they get all sorts of horses. No, you look at the Sham stakes right there. Like you want, yeah, that's a three four. That's a three horse field otherwise.
0: Well, I guess I, I'm glad they got rid of coupled of entries. I hate coupled entries because rarely are you like, I think they're both going to win. Usually you like one yep. or the other and you're paying a price for getting two because no matter what situation, a coupled entry is always over bet than the one horse that you want to be betting because guess what? There's another horse that other people are betting that you don't want to be betting. So you're always getting entries that are over bet. I would much rather you have them split up, especially as a pick X player where like today there's a one, a horse at, at uh, at, uh, aqueduct that wins for fun that's three to five well if it was uncoupled that horse would have been three to one but because it was a coupled entry you get three to five you get a ship price on it and it, it knocks down all the payouts so I, i'm a much bigger fan of this uncoupled thing than the coupled thing
1: well on top of that i feel like uh i get into a case where if there's a coupled entry you've got one of them like you said one that you liked and usually that one gets scratched for the other one or sometimes they'll name the same jockey on both of them and you're handicapping and you're like one is clearly scratching I have no idea what it is. And so trying to do that, it's a giant headache. I understand why the rule was created, but it's also like the stupid married couples rule. It's like, yeah, that's no, like 50 years old, man. Can we get rid of that shit? It also sets up
0: the situation for purse money only horses because if half an entry scratches, the other half runs for purse money only, which is the dumbest thing we do in racing. No one should ever run for purse money only because it screws everyone who bet on the race because that horse will 100% have some outcome on the race because guess what? It's a four-legged animal in the way of the other animal. Something's going to change. With that horse being in the race, you should be able to bet it. Or the they, or or if one scratches, the whole entry's out. They're both just gone, right? Uh, so
1: another argument for why you should uncouple horses. But hey, if, if that's the dumbest, that is a that is a very high bar to clear. The dumbest thing in horse racing. No, yeah, uh, the only
0: the, is the dumbest thing in horse racing. Ask modern game.
1: Modern Games! We're still not over it, but we are very happy you've joined us for today. We'll be back on Monday, January 9th, if my math is correct there. i uh, will probably do something fun. Uh, we'll probably do another sequence. There'll be two races worth talking about, the Sham the Drone. We can fly through those uh, quicker than we just did and talking about previewing them here. And then I'm sure we'll have a nice, fun preview. Maybe there'll be a fun carryover we can talk about. But until Monday, make sure you follow us on Twitter. I am at Curtis Kelloward. He is at Samovam18, number one, number eight, Corporate Overlords, at Racing underscore Dudes. Again, uh, if you're watching live, the blakers off will be live here in just a matter of moments covering the jerome the sham the santa inez stakes which is a kentucky oaks prep race uh, all of that so tune in for that and if you miss it hey check us out on the podcast there are the same feeds that we're at but until monday i'm magic and i'm Mike. good luck this weekend the magic mike show where you hear the experts speak the magic mike show tune in to the show every week, the Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com.